This week, on the seventh day of Teves, is the yard site of the Dubna Magid. Rabbi Yaakov ben Zev Krenz was born in 1741 in the city of Vilna. He was brought up within the Lithuanian tradition and became known very quickly, very young in life, as a an orator, a speaker. What was known then as a Magid. And the Magidim used to go from place to place. Now, interestingly enough, he spent a number of years in the city of Meserich, where he actually was the Magid of Meserich. Of course, that should not be confused with another historical person at that time who became known as the Magid of Meserich, but he was a Magid in the city of Meserich. He moved to different towns and became most famous as the Magid of the city of Dubna. He remained in Dubna 18 years as the Magid, as the Darshan, as the orator of the city. It is also well known that he traveled a lot at that time, went from city to city, and used to give drushas in various places. Because of the fact that almost every one of his drushas was based on a parable, he used to bring stories, sort of fables, for every perush he said. He became known as the Magid who spoke in Mishalim, in parables. And in fact, the name of the Sefer that was published with his Perushim, his Drashot, on Chumash, is called Mishle Yaakov. Not because it's on the Sefer Mishle, it's rather mostly on Chumash, but it's the Mishalim, the parables that were written or said originally by the Dubna Magid. The English book that has been written about him by a, a fellow Glatt was, was the name of that book is He Spoke in Parables. He's known as the Magid of Dubna who spoke in Mishalim. An interesting and unusual relationship was apparently had with the Vilna Gaon. It would seem at first glance that the Vilna Gaon and the Dubna Magid should be the antithesis of each other. The Dubna Magid, after all, was a person who appeared, appealed to the masses, spoke in parables on a simple level that everybody should understand. His Mishalim were very much accepted by people and understood by people, but nevertheless, it doesn't seem to be the level of the Vilna Gaon who almost lived an opposite type of life. He lived in his own base medrash. He lived in a place where, according to the books that were written about the Vilna Gaon, he closed the windows, closed the shutters, kept himself in his room, and did not want to be involved with the public. And he believed in learning all times. Nevertheless, we know that the Dubna Magid was well accepted by the Vilna Gaon, and the, the Dubna Magid visited the Vilna Gaon many times, and we have some reports of certain conversations that took place between, between the two of them. According to some his versions, when the Vilna Gaon was old, and it was difficult for him to learn, very difficult for him to be his usual incisive self and learn from texts and learn uh, the higher level that he was used to, he used to ask the, Vilna, the Dubna Magid to come to him and speak to him about his drashot, his parables, 
that the Vilna Gaon should learn even when there was a time that it was difficult for him. There are two stories about the Gra and the, and the, and the Magid that I heard that I'd like to relate. The first is that since it is well known that the Vilna Magid visited the Gra, and as I said, they seem to be rather at odds over their approach to Yiddishkeit, to Judaism in, in general, the, this story is particularly poignant. The story is that the Vilna Gaon had the Magad of Dubna at his house, and he said to him, you go around the whole world speaking to people, pointing out what they do wrong, and giving Musar. In my house, I stayed by myself. I don't have the opportunity to hear other people. I would like you to tell me Musar. Tell me what you think I should do, what I'm not doing correctly. Of course, the Dubna Magid at first, uh, his first instinct was, how could I possibly tell the uh, Vilna Gaon that he's doing anything wrong? It's just impossible. But after the Gaon impressed upon him that he was very serious, he wanted the Vilna Gaon, he, the Vilna Gaon wanted the Magid to really discuss something that perhaps the Vilna Gaon should improve upon. So at the end, they say the Magid said to him, Vilna Gaon, you are indeed a tzaddik and a gaon. But it's not a great kunz. It's not a great trick. You stay at home. You don't go out to the marketplaces. You don't work with people. You don't get involved with anybody. It's not a big kunz under such a circumstance to build up your spiritual level to that of the Vilna Gaon. But let's see if you could go out in public, work with the people, influence the people more, be involved with people more, and see if you can remain your stature, your person, your midos, your learning, even if you'd be mix, mixed with people. This legend, or story, that the Magid said to the Vilna Gaon was known in various circles, but I found it interesting that I found two different versions of the ending of that story. One version that I heard was the Vilna Gaon broke down and cried. That version implies that the Gaon did realize that he was the Vilna Gaon, and it's true that the level he was on was very great, and of course his influence has spread throughout the world, but nevertheless he felt that he was missing something and lacking something, that he was not involved more in dealings with people. But there's another version of the story, that the words that the Magid Dubna had used that I quoted were, it's not a kunz, it's not a trick to be involved with yourself only and learn in your room. Go out into the world. The other version is that the Gaon answered, Ich bin nicht kein Kunzweiser. My position is not to show a kunz. I'm not here to show tricks in the world. I'm here to build Yiddishkeit the way I understand it the most. Of course, according to this version, the Vilna Gaon, at the end, did not agree necessarily with the opinion of the Dubna Magid, but said that his approach, for him at least, was what he would consider the best approach. The other story that is told about the Dubna Magid is that one night, the Dubna Magid came to visit the Vilna Gaon, and it became near the time of Shavuos, and he stayed there the night of Shavuos. Now, some Jews have a custom of learning all night Shavuos. What you learn all night also depends from person to person. Some people 
Continue learning whatever they're up to. Sometimes you take different sugya, a different topic that you learn. There are other people who basically read what's called the Tikkun. The Tikkun of Le'er Shavuos has in it parts from Chumash and parts from Mishnayis, the parts from Gemara, parts from all kinds of different things. And that seems to be the more simple approach that a person who's not that learned would do. So the Vilna Gaon, according to the legend, read Tikkun, the night of Shavuos, like a very simple Jew. Whereas the Dubna Magid learned his regular Gemara. So they asked the, the Magid to explain how could it be that the Vilna Gaon learns Tikkun while the Magid of Dubna learns Gemara. So he said, I'll give you the example to explain my point. I'll bring you a mashal. He said, there are two different types of tailors in the world. There's a tailor who walked around from city to city because he had a suit to sell, or two suits to sell. So he walked around with his suits, and he said, this is what I have, this is what I have. If he finds a buyer, fine. If not, he takes it someplace else. There's another type of tailor who's much richer. It's not just that he has one or two suits. He has a tremendous amount of swatches of cloth. He, ha- he can make a suit out of anything you want, out of any color you want, out of any pattern you want. He's got tons and tons of material. So when he goes around, he doesn't show one or two suits. He just shows an example of, this, of the cloth, a swatch of cloth that he will use for his suit. So the Dubna Magid said, I only have one or two things that I've learned in my life. So the night of Shavuos, I have to show HaKadosh Baruch what I have. I learned the Daf Gemara that I'm up to. The Vilna Gaon, who knows Kala Tarakula, the Vilna Gaon knows everything. All he has to do is show a little bit from here, a little bit from there. You take a little Chumash, I know that. A little bit from Bavakam, I know that. A little bit from Zvachim, I know that. He has a total mastery of Kala Tarakula. Therefore, the night of Shavuos, he can afford to learn swatches, different parts of the Tikkun. But I have to spend my time learning a specific topic, like the tailor who only has one suit. They asked the, the Magad of Dubna, how could it be that he has a mushal for every single thing? Every parish he, met, he had, he always used to say a mushal for the parish. How did he do that? So he said, of course, the only way I can give you an answer is by explaining a parable, a mushal. He said there were these sharpshooters of the king. They were trained to shoot in Hebrew, they're called Salafim, and they have tremendous, tremendous accuracy. What does tremendous accuracy mean? When they, when they shot for the bullseyes, they hit, let's say, 90%. They hit the exact bullseye when they shot. One day, these soldiers in the unit of the sharp-eyed shooters, these Salafim, were traveling, and they saw a little kid with a very simple type of gun, no special rifle, no special targets with aims, with anything else. But they saw that this kid had a whole row of targets showed up, and every single one was in the bullseye. The kid was 100% accurate. So they said to him, how could it be that we are the Salafim, we're the experts in shooting, and we have a certain amount of bullseyes, 90%. But you have a hundred percent. So he said to them, because what you do is you take the target, draw the bullseye, and then shoot. Sometimes you hit, generally you will, but occasionally you'll miss. 
I don't do it like that. I just take a big, 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 big section and I shoot wherever it hits. I draw the I draw the bullseye around it. If you draw the bullseye around where you hit, you're always going to have the bullseye in the middle. So the Dubna Maggot said, you see, when I look for a perush, it depends how you look for it. You could look first for the perush and then try to find the marshal for it. I do the opposite. First I have a story and then I look to see how I can fit, fit my perush into it. So I always have a perush, uh, I, I always have a perush for my marshal because I started first with the marshal rather than the perush. When I was young, very often at the table on Shabbos, my father used to tell my, every, a, a certain mashal from the Dubna Magid. And he said that, you know, people always like to hear mashalim better than hearing the same peush without a mashal. First of all, it's easier to remember. But secondly, it could be compared to the type of morality play that used to be held many, many, many years ago. If you would bring a morality play where they had characters that depicted certain types of personalities, so a personality that depicted truth would come to the stage totally naked. Truth is absolute. You need no covering. You need nothing for it. What happened in those days, the days of morality, if someone would walk on a stage not properly dressed, the people would avert their eyes. They wouldn't look at it. In order to say the same thing and have the same message, you would have to dress it up a little bit. You'd have to put some pretty clothes on it. And then the truth could explain what the truth really means. But you have to do it in a way that it's first dressed up. That's why people like Mishalim better than they like absolute truth. Don't hit them so much directly with the pshat, but make a nice story, a nice mashal about it, make it more palatable to them, and they'll understand it better. They say that the Vilna Gaon liked the Mishalim of the Dubna Maggid very much. But there were three places that they say, the Vilna Gaon said, the Peush of the, of the Dubna Maggid is not just a Peush, but it's the absolute MS and helps us understand this Peush, this Pshat, so much more than we would without the Mashal. I'd like to conclude by telling one of those. The Pasuk says in Ha'azinu, Tzu yiladcha teshi v'atishkach kermechol lecha. HaKadosh Baruch Hu created you, you foolish person, tosh, weak, v'atishkach kermechol lecha, and you forgot God. So, they say that there was a person who owed money to many, many people. And there was no way he could pay back. So he just didn't know what to do. So he went over to his best friend and said to him, I owe you money. I owe 400 people money. What should I do? There's no way I'll ever pay them back. So his friend said, you know what? When somebody asks you for the money, go blah, 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 blah. Make some funny sounds, some funny noises. Pretend you're crazy. And the person will be mitya'e. She'll give up on the debt. If he gives up on the debt, Yehush cancels the debt. So he said, that's a great idea. So he walked around acting really crazy. And a few people saw him. And asked for the debt, and he went, blah, blah, blah. He couldn't pay back the debt, and they were mitya'esh. They gave up. So his best friend came back to him and said, You look, look what a favor I did for you. I gave you this advice. I gave you this tremendous trick. And now, I'm the only person you owe money to. So pay me my money. So he said, blah, 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 blah. And he pretended he didn't understand. 
So his best friend said to him, you know, you can play that trick on everybody else, but you can't pl- play that trick with me. That's the gift that I gave you. That's the trick that I taught you. Don't use it with me. Tzur Yilat Chateshi means that Kaddish Baruch created us a little bit weak. We have the power of forgetting. Forgetting happens to be a bracha. No, I'm not talking about a person who complains he has a poor memory and he doesn't remember the learning and everything else. I'm talking about the fact that so many things have gone by in our life that if we had lived with them continually in our awareness, it would be very difficult to continue. Many tragedies, many problems we've had in our life, somehow time solves all of these things and we forget them as we go along. The power of shikha is sometimes a, a power that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us. Tzur Yilad Chateshi. HaKadosh Baruch Hu created you as a fool with the power of forgetting. But don't use that trick of forgetfulness on HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Always remember HaKadosh Baruch Hu. These are some of the parables that are told by the Vilna Gaon. The interested person is very strongly recommended to take a look at Mishle Yaakov. That book, I think it's in English also, which has uh, uh, many, many perushim, many, many mishalim of that, of that famous person, Reb Yaakov, Reb Zev, whose yard site will be the 17th of Teves. He passed away in 1804 when he was 63 years old. Yehei Baruch.